Hey y'all, it's Brian Rosefield. Just reminding you, if you're enjoying this content, we would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend about the Greatest Games Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always on the Greatest Games Podcast. A chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. As always, it can be their game as a head coach, a JV coach, an AAU coach, a CYO coach, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest game. Chris, we have mentioned it in the pre-show chatter. Pre-show chatter. Say that eight times fast. Chris de Blasio, ready? Go. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, that we are going across the river here in Columbia, South Carolina. And I've, I've still been confused. I've been in Columbia since 1998. <laughs> We're going to Lexington. <laughs> But we still consider this Columbia, but we're going to Lexington High School starting his second year. Elliot Pope, welcome to the Greatest Games. Can you help me out with the geography here in Columbia? Is it Lexington? Is it both? What is it? I, you know, if I could help you out, they'd probably be paying me a whole heck of a lot more money down there at the district <laughs> office. But, um, you, you know, I, I, the only thing that I know is that you guys on the other side of the river, whatever that might be, are, you know, considered the basketball gurus of the state. So we, we, we pay homage to y'all on that other side. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great start. We go ahead and say this is our favorite guest of all time. No, I'm just kidding. Go Brian, ahead. <laughs> Brian, aren't you on that side of the river now? Well, that's the little bit of the dirty secret here, Elliot. I now have uh, moved over to to this side of the river and uh, um yeah so uh, yeah anyway but my school intro is that how that works that's right that's right <laughs> and again which river the broad river the french broad river there's so many I, I never my 10 years there i never knew what river was what yeah it's this is it the broad and the saluda form the congaree is that correct oh yeah yeah oh. right it for those that, that want to chime in on twitter it's at 816 basketball on twitter you can tell me if i'm right or if i'm wrong maybe we'll do a poll question about that i don't i don't yeah. know but <laughs> yeah, the only thing harder to figure out is the train tracks and the train schedules Ooh, boy in yeah. columbia in boy. and around the columbia area <laughs> The only body of water I ever got, I got told about as soon as I got the job was Lake Murray and the, and the Battle of the Dam with Irma. So uh, all I had to worry about was Whipple at the time. So I'm uh, that's, that's that's not any that's a that's a big worry there. That's yeah. a big worry. Don't worry, I figured that out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Whipple probably has I don't know what does Coach Whipple got to have about six hundred wins somewhere something like that somewhere uh, in that general it's, area. It's, at least 600 more than, than I have at the present moment. So, <laughs> uh, I try to study his game tape every time I get old. Of it. <laughs> He's a master. We got to get Coach Whipple. We've talked a lot about Coach Whipple with many of our guests here from the Midlands. We have to reach out to him and get him on. Yeah. Uh, Coach Pope, why don't you take us through your journey in basketball and how you got to where you are today there at Lexington? Well, I mean, we started off as a player, obviously, like so many coaches today uh, do. Um, you know, played in the Charlotte, North Carolina area up at a high, a high school called Hopewell High School. Uh, it's, you know, it'd be a 5A if, if it was down here, but uh, it's a 4A up there. We were we were pretty good for, you know, my, my four years there. Made a couple of uh, Final Fours in the state, a couple of uh, lead eights. Um, had, oh, man, I think I was talking to somebody about it the other day. We had – 
10 college athletes um, and nine of us were college basketball players on one team when I was a junior. So grew up with a lot of talent, was, uh, you know, tore up my knees and ended up going to a D2 school um, at Carson Newman. And, um, you know, I was going to play there for four years and just kind of got banged up again. Uh, wasn't in the cards for me. So the doctor told me I better figure out how to play golf because basketball wasn't going to be real good for my health long term. And, Ended up getting into coaching when I was about 19 years old. Uh, ended up as a JV coach over at Concord High School. Um, and Concord's got some representation this year's NBA draft with Tyshawn Alexander. So uh, he's a former Concord guy before he went off to Oak Hill. But we uh, was there for two years and um, moved from Concord over to Mountain Island Lake Academy and opened up that program. CMS started this, uh, or Charlotte Mecklenburg School started a big initiative to have these K-8 buildings. They, they weren't building a lot of middle schools, so they were kind of adding some trailers on and uh, slapping a basketball court on there and saying it was a middle school. So I did that for two years and then ended up at West Davidson. And from West Davidson, uh, I was there for two years, and I'm hoping to you know break the two-year trend after this year at Lexington and be here for a while. But I was fortunate enough to take over for Bailey Harris when he retired last year. The legendary Bailey Harris, who again is a, has been a guest here on this uh, esteemed podcast, right, Chris De Blasio. So, um, Coach, it, I tell you, it's 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 very interesting uh, to see folks from out of state come in to in state, especially to a story program like Lexington. So, we're going to put you on the spot here, put you in that interview chair. What sold everybody at Lexington on Elliot Pope? What did you tell them in that interview, and what kind of style of play do you bring to Lexington? Man, we just wanted to be fast. We really did. Um, it, it's a situation where my previous stops, we've you know been fortunate enough to have some good ball players and break a couple school records for playing fast and playing smart, um, playing together. You know, I somehow I always end end up at uh, some Dean Smith adage at some point during my you know coaching interviews and stuff. But we, you know, we we really just want to get bigger, faster, stronger athletes on the court. And that's something at Lexington uh, that we have an abundance of. And it's just something that, you know, we're going through a cycle right now with our with our kids that are here um, that, you know, we've got um, we've got six guys in the program, six, five plus right now. And that's something that, you know, uh, the big time elite programs throughout the state are, are, are the only ones that can make that claim. We've got good position and skill guys. We've got, you know, that good mix of football kids that come over. So it, the big deal was just to try to incorporate all the student athletes and the wealth of athletic ability we have at Lexington. I really tried to sell that and sell the, you know, the idea that we were going to be able to get the best athletes on the court and out there participating in whatever capacity we could to be successful. Coach, what uh, what led you into coaching so quick? I mean, is it something you knew you wanted to do? You said obviously you had some injuries that that kind of took basketball away from you early, and you jumped right into it. It's not like you sort of lamented the end of your career. No, I mean, it, I mean, my last game was at um, Wingate. Uh, we were playing in the SAC, you know, tournament. Um, if you had told me right there that that was going to be my last ball game, I don't know that I would have felt any different uh, walking out of the gym, but. I was really fortunate to grow up with a guy uh, that trained me, Rodney Monroe, who was a NC State grad and a big time player in the ACC. Fire and ice. Fire and ice. Chris Corciano. I heard a lot about Chris Corciani in my you know years working out with Rodney. So I was really fortunate because I got a really good skill instructor and I was around really good coaches in 
uh, the Charlotte area, you know, Westminster Catawba coach, Edward Addy, I grew up with his son and I grew up with Ed kind of running clinics for us and, you know, teaching us how to play the game. Um, and it was something that, you know, I was just fortunate to be around good coaching and for, you know, to be honest, when I got hurt and ended up at UNC Charlotte to finish my career, I really wanted to get with, you know, coach major that was at UNCC at the time and see if I could be, you know, a student assistant or something. I thought the collegiate route was where I was going to end up. It just didn't work out that way. Um, you know, just one thing led to another, and it was something where, you know, Concord uh, gave me an opportunity, and I've been, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be around these players at the high school level ever since. It's a little bit cliche, but it still is the truth. I talked to my coaches about just continuously improving and trying to impart that to our kids. So what are you doing to work on your craft to continuously improve as a coach? Well, I, you know, I came down here with an idea of, you know, a system, quote unquote, things that we wanted to do that were successful at my previous stop that you want to implement here. Um, and, it, you know, I, I just kind of as time went on, it was evident that I'd be foolish not to pull from the, 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 the coaching t pool that's here. I mean, you know, we mentioned Tim Whipple. I, it'd be crazy if I didn't take a look at his offensive defenses and, and presses. It'd be crazy if I didn't talk to Coach Harris and, you know, get his opinions on some things. Um, you know, I, I haven't had the opportunity yet, but I'd like to talk to Coach Ryan up at Dorman. And, uh, you know, the, the, these guys in the low country that have been so, so successful like Coach Dupree, I mean, those are guys that I'd be foolish not to reach out to um so as far as improving it's just it's getting little tidbits from guys here and there you know we all know how it ends up we put our own spin on things whatever it might be but you know if you're in the midlands if you're anywhere geographically within an hour hour and a half you know two hours of this area you'd be crazy not to come down here and talk talk to these guys man it's crazy the amount of coaching talent that's here did you mention talking to Coach Stoneman at Ridgeview or not? Did you – or do you left that out? Hey. I, I you know, I left that out because, uh, you know, there's there's just so many times that I've called over there and I can't get in that darn tournament yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that, that's, my, that's my big uh, – that's my big hump with that guy. Yeah, so Maybe that'll be an axe we can grind after after the podcast for we'll sure. To talk to the committee. I tell you what, Chris' middle name today is Pot Stirrer. I tell you, I love it. <laughs> Coach, quickly tell us uh, what you think makes a good assistant coach when you're looking for assistant coaches. For me specifically or just across the board? Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, for me specifically, I, you know, and I talked to uh, Gregor Asian was a guy, and we keep saying his name. He was with Tim Whipple for a number of years over at Irmo and uh, came over and was part of Bailey's staff for um, several years, you know, before I got here. Um, you know, the big thing that – um, I, I really try to get out of our guys uh, the, the, at the assistant coach level is communication, you know, and honest communication, I think is very important. You know, I'm, I'm a big, loud guy, uh, especially on the sideline, but, uh, you know, I, I won't, I, I don't want my assistants to be afraid to, you know, point out something that they see. I don't want my assistants to be afraid to, you know, have a conversation, uh, you know, whether it's at halftime or after practice or, you know, while the game or practice is going on, I, I don't ever want an assistant that's going to, uh, you know, just take the back seat. I want a guy that's going to be able to open up his mouth and talk a little bit. And Coach Rage has been great with that. Um, you know, we just lost an assistant, uh, went to, um, Southwestern Community College out in Texas. He's the head men's basketball coach out there now, DeMarco Owens, and he did a great job of fulfilling that role for us last year. We're, uh, we're excited for him, but uh, definitely going to miss him on the bench this year for sure. 
Coach, you know the name of the name, the name of the name. I might need a cup of coffee here. The name of the podcast is the greatest game. So at this point, we'd love to hear about if you have a couple of games, one game, your greatest games as a coach. We'd love to hear about it. You know, as a coach, uh, there's been quite a few that I've been a part of, you know, obviously packed out gyms and, uh, you know, crazy fans are what you kind of uh, are attracted to. But um, for me as a coach, it probably have to be, um, you know, one from two years ago when I was up at West Davidson, we go into uh, Thomasville, uh, North Carolina and their gym. Uh, West Davidson had one there uh, this century. Uh, hadn't won there since the late nineties. Um, and we were able to come out of there and, um, you know, I think it was about an 18 point win, uh, that we, that we got out of there that night with, and it was really something with those kids where they, when they got in the locker room, it was genuine, you know, Hey, we accomplished something. And that's really cool as a coach to see that on your kids' faces. Um, you know, kind of the same effect, uh, last year at the Christmas tournament, we're at the Modi Richard down in Charleston and, uh, we're able to, you know, come out on top versus Burke in their own gym. Gym, um, in the championship game and um, that was something where our guys were really excited and really proud of that that effort that they put together so those two thus far um, I, I don't have the illustrious uh, you know catalog of knowledge for games that, that that some of your other guests have at this point in my career but those two really stick out for me as a coach the, you know those those moments where your guys go wait a minute we worked together we did something we accomplished a goal uh, or we you know crossed a mile marker that we had previously thought wasn't attainable when you talk about the thomasville game you said you guys hadn't won there this century which when you say that doesn't seem like long but you realize it's 20 years yeah um was that something you had marked on your calendar maybe at the beginning of the year did you think you could beat them did you know what were you thinking with that game on the schedule so I know people looking at our scores from last year at Lexington, uh, you know, wouldn't believe this, but I, we, we played in, uh, you know, Thomasville earlier that year. This was the second time we played them. Uh, and it was like an 86, 82 game to end it. Um, and it, I mean, it's just up and down. It's fast place. And the, and the week before we had just lost to uh, North Davidson, who's a, who's a pretty good two-way power up in that area by, I think it was like 100 to 92. So we were getting up and down the floor and we just kind of hit a, hit a roll and got, got into Thomasville. And it wasn't something that we marked per se, but it was definitely something that, you know, towards the end of the game, my AD's leaning up against the wall and I see him high-fiving and, you know, shaking hands with all these people as he walks by and they're saying, you know, great job, pointing at me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, I was new to the area. So I didn't realize until I got interviewed after the game, it had been since, you know, 1998 or something like that since, since West had gone in there and won. So that was a big deal for our kids. But it wasn't something we earmarked. We were just trying to go out and play hard because um, we were in a playoff contention. Uh, with, with a bunch of guys, and that was the first time that happened at West in a long time. So we were just happy to be in playoff contention. Yes, and, the AD, and the AD taking the credit, unbelievable. <laughs> Man, Dale Barnes yeah, at West. Dale for those ADs, you yeah, it's tricky. You do, you do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's especially these guys on the other side of the river. You got to watch. Out for them. You really do. It's unbelievable. I mean, just the shots. I, you know, you know, I expect it from my co-host. But from again, I'm just kidding. Like, no, 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 yeah, you know, we we do. I tell you, I I, I feel like I do take a good job of uh, of taking credit when I need to. I do a good job of getting our kids on the bus, getting that bus there on time, and making sure the bus knows where to go. I will take credit for that. But anything past <laughs> that, I, I sure as heck can't take credit for. But it brings up an interesting point, though, Coach, because. Uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm all about uh, some of the esoteric and some of the sports psychology for you to be able to walk in that gym, not knowing the history. It's not like Clemson walking into Chapel Hill and not winning in whatever 40 or 50 years, like, Oh God, all this pressure. It's just like, we're just here to take care of business. It's just another step in the process. I mean, that, that really had to help you out in looking back at it. Right. It, it did, you know, it is something, you know, in hindsight being what it was three games later, we play our, you know, our tribal up there, central Davidson and we're probably, you know, better than them at that time, but it was, you you know, a home, it was, we were away, it was a home court advantage deal. And, you know, we had built up, you know, rivalry, rivalry, rivalry all week. And our kids just kind of laid down at the end, didn't perform, lost by two or four points just because of some crazy mistakes towards the end of a ball game. But, um, you know, with that being said, I think there's a tremendous value to be put on, um, you know, the sports psychology part of it for sure. I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do in so many different circumstances, like Duke, Carolina, you know, uh, Lexington, River Bluff, there's nothing you can do to get away from those kids knowing it's a big game. But, um, you know, if it's just something, you know, like this year, I mean, what, you know, uh, with our schedule, you know, Aiken is a huge ball game for us. That's our first regular season ball game. That's a, that's a legit stud in R.J. Felton they have down there and a great coach in Coach Jackson. I mean, that, that's a game that might not mean a whole lot to our kids because it's not the hoopla and the rah-rah, but it's something that, you know, we, we, you know I will earmark. And that'll be, a, that'll be a, you know, a real quick measurement of where we are as a ball club uh, really early in the year. Coach, just this interesting. You talk about sort of those rivalry games, and you know how they stand. Like when you guys play River Bluff or the Battle of the Dam, when you guys play Irmo. What goes into? And I, I think I know your answer, sort of, to the first question. You try to treat it as the same as you can. What goes into that to trying to make sure you just treat it the same? I mean, I, I give guys a two-minute grace period once we get out, once we get out there and start playing. You know, play your first two minutes, get your emotion out. You know, my 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 quote that I always go is just don't don't you know empty your tank in the first two minutes of that ball game with how emotional it is. Um, you know, so my approach is for the week. I mean, I acknowledge it. You know, I, I hope you know we, we there's a. Uh, you know, just a conversation going on with all of our uh, our kids and our coaches. You know, everybody's got these different goals, and they're like, "Well, we want to do this, that, and the other." And I was like, uh, "You know, if the, if all these things happen, what's going to be different? It's still a 32 minute basketball game. It's still a 94 foot court. It's still you still got three officials, one ball, and five guys on each side. So, I mean, we're we're in my mind, I want to address things as you know, this is business as usual." Right. And we need to take care of business as usual, because I think as, as soon as you start, you know, putting all these, you know, extenuating circumstances and all the, the hoopla behind it, you can really rile up a high school kid. And I think that that, you know, at times that's good. I've had players in the past that I need to get them riled up before a game. But for the most most part, they're going to rile themselves up. You need to be there as a common force to say, hey, this is the same ball that we practiced with two days ago. There's just, you know. 2,500 people in the stands watching you shoot it now. <laughs> There's nothing – I mean, you know, and fortunate for, for me as a player, I got to experience that. You know, we there's a rivalry in that part of the, the Charlotte area, Hopewell versus North Meg, that, you know, draws a lot of attention. And, you know, it's you know sold out at 530 for a 730 tip-off. So, I mean, just treat it like a normal game. Go out and play and execute and do what you know that you can do and control what you can control and move on. That always uh, – just to 
little off topic. That always bothered me with the Carolina Clemson thing when I lived down there is, yeah. is recognize that it's special, yeah. but also recognize that it's just a game. And I, I think now I, I came at it mostly from the Carolina side because I worked there. People would go, we could lose every game. And as long as we beat Clemson, well, that's the dumbest thing you could ever say. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but like you said, if you take care of your business, if you practice hard every day and you improve every day and we get better as a team, then we'll beat Clemson. We, right. If we take care of our things that we should take care of, then we'll work to that point where we beat them or, you know, wh- whoever the rival is at the time, but right. obviously with Carolina Clemson, you know, so yeah, I, I like that approach. I, I always hated that. We, if we only win one game a year. Yeah. I mean, you know, it takes me a minute too when everybody says Carolina down here, I forget they're talking about USC. Yeah. It's funny. I said that they're North Carolina guy. I didn't realize. Yeah. Right? Well, Brian, Brian as a graduate would get mad at me if I said South Carolina, cause they think it's Carolina there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we know it's not, we, it's not what we think we know, but go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. This is a whole nother side argument that we can't get into. Right now. I'm a Tennessee fan, Brian. So go balls. That was a great football game on Saturday. That's, that's the beautiful thing about editing. We can just edit anything out we can it's, it's it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing but but it is interesting it, it, it's not a, a too much of a diversion chris because i did want to talk about the rivalries that you're used to in north carolina and now seeing them in south carolina i'd love to know because i'm, I'm trying to think i don't believe i've ever seen a, a rivalry game in north carolina i've seen some games in north carolina but tell us yeah. a little bit more about what you've seen just kind of comparing and contrasting it's it's a lot of things that are similar and a lot of things that are different. The facilities in South Carolina are so much more better equipped to handle huge crowds. Um, but you, I mean, Brian, you know that you know talking to Coach Lewis from North Mac when he's been down at, at Bojangles, that's a small gym. I mean, you're talking six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, I think there's no more than like ten or eleven rows on each side of their gym. It runs the length of the floor. You fit seven hundred fifty people in there. It's a cracker box. And, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Coach Lewis had a guy, Jeremy Skeen, that went and played for Wake Forest and VCU when they make that Final Four run. And they asked him after Jeremy won the state championship, I think it was like 02 or something. They are like, hey, you want to build a new gym? He's like, no, turn the heat up in this place. Back all the kids in here. I'm not turning. I mean, it's just different. <laughs> you know, you go to you go a place like Hopewell. It was a newer school. We were built in 2000, and I'm, I'm going through there in 08 to 2011. And, you know, we could fit 2,200 people in there. And it got, it got sold out. I mean, I, I was thoroughly expecting the crowd at the River Bluff game and, the uh, you know, for the home and away. I, I understood what that was going to be. But, like, in some of those old North Carolina gyms, you know, Brian, if you ever get the chance to go up there, go see if you can sneak into the back, into the, you know, the hallway as you are, as the players are entering into the gym. I mean, I, I can I can see it right now, 2010. We're, on, we're undefeated. We are on a roll. The gym has been sold out since 545, and you can't see the other end of the hallway where North Mech is coming out because of all the steam coming out of the gym. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's cool. It's a cool experience. But I, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't trade the facilities we practice and play in and are able and fortunate enough to compete in throughout the state. I wouldn't trade that for the world. Because I mean, I just think that's the coolest thing for kids to get that get that experience in North Carolina. But I mean, you get the ability to play in essentially a small college gym at Dorman. You get the I mean, you know, Lexington and River Bluff are beautiful gyms. I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's two sides of a coin, but it, it's it's really cool in North Carolina and those small town rivalries. How how intense and how packed out those little gyms get. 
I like the little dig there. He didn't mention Ridgeview's gym. He kind of, <laughs> you know, it was a little dig. I was going to say, I don't, you know. He's, try, he's trying really yes, he hard. He <laughs> he's got an axe. He's just forced to <laughs> I, I used to, I mean, he was a former roommate of mine, Elliot. I mean, just close friend. Talked me through a lot of tough. Zoom. I mean, tough. Yeah, I mean, tough. I mean, yeah, coach with me. I mean, and this is the thanks I get. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm mature enough to know that it's not about me. It's okay. It's okay. So. <laughs> coach, we always like to end with this fun question. If I asked a kid who played for you back when you were uh, 19 years old and you were there at uh, what was that Davidson North Davidson Concord uh, Concord Concord, uh, yeah. and I asked a kid who played for you this year at Lexington, what's the one thing they would say? When they're doing their Coach Pope impersonation, because they all have it, what's the one thing they would they would say that you say over and over again? Uh, game reps and consistency. I'm I'm a big I'm a big preacher of uh, you know if you're going to do it in practice, do it at game speed and do it consistently, like you would do in a ball game all the time. So whether it's for an hour and forty five minute practice or whether it's a twenty minute shoot around right before we go out and play whoever, do it at game speed. Do it consistently all the time. I can't. I, I can't watch you, and that's real, a really big thing we're pushing right now with our guys. Is you know I can't watch you do something right on you know Monday uh, or do something wrong on Wednesday and Thursday, and then not expect for you to do something wrong on Friday in the game. So I mean they're they're gonna they're gonna get their biggest burly voice they can and and scream you know consistency you know you know. Consistency. <laughs> You know that's that's probably that's probably what every gym I've ever uh, walked the sideline is going to be echoed into the walls by the time I'm out of there. Well, Coach, I, I think that's a great lesson. I was actually, you know, all kidding aside, I was talking to one of my former players today. Is one of our coaches now, yeah. and he's he's going to be a first year head coach uh, for one of our sub varsity teams, and he's like, Coach, what what should I do? What 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 kind of, what style of play should I bring to it? And I, I said, Listen. That'll you'll figure that part out, but right. you know, for me as a young coach, like I was a, I was making a ton of mistakes, but B, I was just doing yeah. my best to train you guys to be able to play at the JV level or the varsity level, whatever level they were going to next. And it takes that what you're just talking about that consistency, just that every day, that every day, because that's the stuff that you know James Clear talks about it, Alan Stein, you name it. That's the stuff that's just not sexy. Like, oh, what do you mean I got to stretch or I got to prehab or I got to rehab every yeah. day? Like, no, that's the stuff. Consistency every day, every day, yeah. every day, just chipping away at it, chipping away. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that answer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't, it doesn't matter who you have on, whether it's an NAI guy or a D1, major D1 athlete, they're going to talk to you about their routine and their consistent approach to the game. And that's that. I mean, that's something that if you can learn and possess in your four years of high school, God bless you. It's going to help you with the game of basketball, but it's going to help you in life later on, too. And that's what, you know, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, banners or not, wins or not, that's what it's about. We're trying to help these kids become better young men and better, you know, people in this world. Yep, 100%. 100%. I, I'm reminded of that, too. We took a kid – it was a, a group of kids to a team camp up at Winthrop years and years ago. And Heck, I might have been a girls coach at the time. I can't remember. And one of their players, I don't remember who it was, just came out and right in front of the rim, just three feet away, one-handed, just form shooting. And I'm like – whoa like college players actually do that i told my kids like like see that's what they're doing that's what i do with you guys and it was like this validation like oh yeah we're doing the right thing like just every day just getting a little bit better a little bit better so anyway there are tons of stories about that but i just appreciate that about consistency 
Coach Pope, we can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show here. Episode 60, the little podcast that could across the river and never know. Might just see your Lexington guys at the Bojangles Bash here sometime soon. You never know. Chris, you got any, any thoughts on that? Oh, no, not me. I have no thoughts on it. No. <laughs> well, I appreciate what you guys are doing. This is an awesome, awesome outlet for our, for our uh, Midlands area coaches. Y'all y'all doing a great job. Thanks for having me on. Well, we appreciate you again. Well, let's go ahead and put a button on this episode for my co-host, Chris de Blasio. I am Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games. <laughs>